Hey guys, welcome back to the Noted Podcast. Uh, you are here with Riker, Carson, and I, Brian, uh, back again for another episode talking about the finals. It's 2-2, two, two. best of three up to this point. Pretty much what every uh, non-Warriors and Celtics fan or neutral fans have wanted, uh, which has been nice, and has brought up a couple of questions uh, based on some certain events that have happened. Now, I want to know, from your guys' perspective, what is your opinion on the Warriors' constant hypocrisy in some of their comments that they've been making to the press? Example A was the code, you know, uh, what happened mm-hmm. to Gary Payton and Dylan Brooks, uh, you know, in comparison to Zaza Pachulia and Kawhi Leonard. Um, Draymond Green uh, and his wife's comments on uh, Boston fans, you know, saying F Draymond uh, when he's clearly, you know, maybe not the most clean mouthed person uh, in in the NBA. Uh, Not to mention that he literally swore in front of his kid in the press conference. Um, And then. Uh, also just comments about the fact that Boston fan or that Warriors fans would never be doing things like that. Um, and we remember the example with LeBron James, uh, yeah. during the Warriors and Cavaliers series. So thoughts on that? Like, is this kind of just, do they know, or is this just like a way where they can try to get like the media on their side for some reason? Like, oh. what's your opinion on all that? Yeah, I have a very quick opinion and I will state it very quickly. They wouldn't have said anything if they won the game. <laughs> so they're just mad. They lost. So they had to have something to complain about that had probably nothing to do with the game. So I don't let, let's say those Boston fans don't say F Draymond, do they still lose? Probably. Yeah. I, I agree. I think it's <laughs> the finals emotions are running. I mean, it's the you know, a eighty two game season and you play three intense playoff series and now you know it's at the end it's been almost a year since the season started you're tired and your emotions are running as high as possible and it's really high stakes you know people are going to say things Uh, like obviously you would like them to have a little bit more grace in in this situation but honestly i just think it's funny i think it's entertaining it's pretty funny it is and i mean how often is just like one fan's presentation you know, like, think about how the Utah Jazz gets put under, like, a microscope uh, as far as, like, racism in our fans when it's really just, like, one or two idiot people who come in and, like, try to act a fool, try to think that they can do something cool, and they re- really, really experience. But e- even in the situation that happened last year with John Morant's dad, um, there were so many fans who were like, yo, we're so sorry that this idiot kept saying all these, like, racist things to you let us buy you a beer. And then they had like a great time. Right. And even John Moran's father said that he was really impressed with a lot of Mm -hmm. the fans. And it's like, I feel like in Utah, most fans are like pretty like awesome. Right. I don't think I've ever heard any fans like unanimously swearing at players. Um, since I don't know if that really fits what we would do here. (laughs) Um, you know, of course all, every single one of us has said, something vulgar at, to some point at, at some, <laughs> some player. Yeah. Penis canter. <laughs> um, <laughs> but 
You know what I mean? It, it, I just look at a situation where like an entire stadium is saying stuff like that at Boston, but it's Boston. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like yeah. uh, at the end I, of the day, I think it, I think just what Riker said, the fact that they lost is the only reason they said anything. So that's yeah. for sure. One thing I want to say before we move on is I do think, you know, we, we kind of expect the players to put up with some abuse, you know, <laughs> to put it strongly. Yeah. And I think I think it's still on the fans. Like when you go to an NBA game, at the end of the day, they're still like human beings with feelings. And I think it's important to let you know. To I mean, obviously, there's going to be rivalry, and it's fine to cheer against them. And like, you don't even have to like any single person on their team. But like, basic human decency is still, I think, important. And sometimes fans can go too far. But generally, yeah. like the the like the the talk back and forth is pretty fun. And I, I think generally that's probably what it is. I agree yeah. with you, Carson. Yeah. But I also like who's saying that about Stefan? Who's saying that about Clay? I mean, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. And a lot of times, like, I feel like Draymond kind of asked for it. I mean, there was a situation where yeah. he was in Memphis and he's flipping off the entire crowd. You know what I mean? Like, sometimes this guy kind of just asked for it and he's been asking for it, you know, in his podcast that he's been having after. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah and this is the two-sided like the two sides of the coin when it comes to sports is uh a good like probably the main reason why sports is so successful is because it brings about community and people like having something that they can go with their friends or with something they can all join together and enjoy something together they can support something get excited the other problem is whenever fans get in their feelings they start taking things personally and they start saying things to players that they would never say like walking down the street i walk up to Draymond green i'm not gonna say hey f you dude like probably say like hey oria shake like if he's willing shake his hand you know like say it's nice <laughs> to meet picture. you so it's just like it's yeah. just the thing about so it's just the the two sides of the coin that just kind of sucks uh and i feel bad for some players especially when like it gets so personal that it's affecting like the player's family like that's the type of stuff that's just like well okay like you need to you need yeah. to leave like you're, you're done for the day but like I, at the same time uh, like Draymond has this mag like magnifying glass on him. Like I, it's just because he's his very emotional. He's very reactive. Like it doesn't matter if it's a good call or a bad call. Like he's gonna say something to the ref. And so us as fans, we see that and we're like, oh, we hate that. Like this is freaking annoying. So yeah, obviously it was going to get to this point <laughs> if it hadn't already. So yeah, like definitely, if it's a player that's going to happen to it's Draymond. But at the same time, like yeah, it's definitely not, not acceptable when it starts getting personal. Yeah, and I mean, I think <clears throat> anybody would love to have Draymond Green on their team. Uh, like if Draymond for played clear. for the Jazz, we would love him. We would have his jersey. We would chant his <laughs> name, you know, to hear him beyond. But he's just that kind of player, you know, a Patrick Beverly, where he just doesn't take you know BS from anyone, and he plays super hard. And he really like pushes that line a lot. <laughs> which is oh, hundred percent. Um, but it is it is funny just to see the situations with the Warriors that they just seem to contradict themselves every single time about codes or about you know. So it's just funny. Um, all in all, I really like both teams. Me too. I really don't feel like there is much hatred in any of the players. Uh, that are participating right now. It's been super fun to just see like the back, uh, back to back. And so, just more to get a final talk and idea about the finals and how they've been going so far. 
what is your what has been your impression of like who's really leading this like finals performance is it the warriors is it the celtics and why hmm. um, that's a good question yeah it's i i kind of came to this conclusion because i was sitting here yesterday and before we recorded this i was just sitting there like what's this series like looking out to be and i i looked into the two stats that i think both you probably have seen by now but uh neither the celtics or the warriors have lost or lost after losing a game in the playoffs so every time they lose they they bounce back and they win so like i don't think there's a defining team right now i think it's actually pretty even and I honestly think the edge has goes to the team that won game one right now. Like the way that they've been playing and the way it's been so back and forth, like honestly, I think the Celtics will win this next game. And then after that, the Warriors will, and then game seven comes. I have no reason to believe that the Celtics won't win. So I don't know. It's kind of interesting. That's kind of my take on it. Celtics did lose game one though. Celtics won game. No, Celtics won game one. Celtics won game one. Uh Uh-huh. They they won so, by they they pulled no. away in the fourth. Yeah. They, yes. But Remember uh, Al Horford had a bunch of threes in the fourth. Yep. You're right. Yeah. Well, um, I heard my baby. Uh, for some oh I I am so yeah. stupid. I'm looking at the scores right now as the Warriors. And I just saw an L right next to the Celtics. Oh no, you're I'm an idiot. Oh, <laughs> um, no, you're right. You're right. I yeah. I'm an idiot. So. One thing that I did want to mention about these games, have you guys noticed that the Celtics have been like leading pretty much every game and that the mm-hmm. two games that the Warriors have won is where they've pulled off in the fourth quarter? Yeah, Except it's game two. Game two was a, yeah. it was a game of two halves. That was like, yeah, game. Yeah. But my point, like, I, it's really interesting i was listening i can't remember what podcast one of the numerous nba podcasts i listened to <laughs> and tony jones was on it i might have been his i don't remember yeah. but he made a point that oftentimes like in that miami series like you think about game seven the only reason that jimmy butler three could have put him ahead is because the celtics didn't score for like five minutes mm-hmm. like yeah. there are just times where the celtics offense just goes so stagnant and that's kind of why, like, I, before the series, thought the Warriors would win in six. I, I'd still think it probably goes to seven. But it's hard for the Celtics because the Warriors, when you have Steph Curry, you're just so versatile offensively. And it's a lot easier for the Warriors to not get sucked into that offensive lull like the Celtics often do, if that makes sense. True. No, it makes I mean, sense. It, and if you look at Jason Tatum, like he ha- he definitely hasn't played bad by any means, but he hasn't really like had the Jimmy Butler or Steph Curry esque like forty point or thirty plus point games. Like he hasn't even scored over thirty, which like that sound like scoring over thirty is obviously like impressive, but if you're in the finals, like you you need a guy to do that at least once or twice, right? Like. You just need a guy to take over. And I feel like he hasn't really done that like Steph Curry did in game four, you know? Yeah. It kind of just shows that, like, this is the time for, like, in a finals. Like, is it possible 
that a, just a well-constructed team can win a, like the finals. Like, and I'm not saying that Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown aren't like superstars, but like you said, the Warriors' defense has been working on Jason Tatum to an extent. Yes, he's still scoring a lot, but his percentages are way down. He's not hitting nearly as many threes as he does. He's not getting the open looks he likes. So it's like, can the Celtics pull it off without their guy shining? And so far, like, it's possible, but will it continue? Yeah, I... This is crazy, man. I want I want Jason Tatum to just, like, have that push through. And, I mean, he's been showing that throughout the playoffs, which I feel yeah. like poses another question as to who's the best player in the playoffs so far. <sighs> is it still, like, Jimmy Butler? You know, even though he didn't get it to the next round, uh, missed that last shot. Uh, I know we're seeing Stephen Curry as a contender who's kind of having a little bit of a rougher time uh, towards the beginning of the playoffs, but now is really just shining. Um, and I'll, we also forget about what Steph Curry even provides to his team, um, even when he's not scoring. And I don't know if Jason Tatum does the same uh, to the degree that Steph Curry does. So. I, I guess, what's your guys' opinion? Who's the best player in the playoffs so far? I think for me, Jimmy Butler's probably got to be the right choice, right? Like, even though he didn't make it, he was so close, like a three-point shot away from, you know, being here and playing against the Warriors. Although, I don't, I don't want to, like, <clears throat> sit here and say, like, oh, Jason Tatum hasn't been good. He's been really good. And I do think he has the potential to be as impactful as anybody. I just don't think, like, I don't know. The Warriors have been so good defensively against him that he he kind of needs to take that step. And that's why. And Steph Curry's been obviously really good. But I think no one's been as good as Jimmy Butler this playoffs. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think Steph Curry's having the best finals that he's ever played so far and to say that in a 2-2 series is kind of, it's crazy to me. But I, I will agree that I think Jimmy Butler has been the best player. Um, and I'll shout out a, a YouTuber who just makes uh, NBA-type content. Uh, he made a video just a couple weeks ago. It's called The NBA Playoffs Are Out of Control. And this guy, his name's Jimmy High Roller. It, it's spelled J-X-M-Y High Roller. He, uh like makes these insane graphics and goes into insane detail. But uh, as of like right before Jimmy Butler lost with the, with the heat in the Eastern every conference finals, man. he was leading in every single advanced metric uh, in the playoffs, wow. every single one. Um, and there was only like three other players to do it. Uh, I don't want to, obviously LeBron and um, Jordan were in the, the list. I can't remember the other, but, uh, yeah, so he was doing some, like, historic stuff before they got knocked out of the playoffs. And I don't necessarily think their loss is a, it's, it's on him, like, it's on the heat. So, yeah, I'm going to agree. I think it's Jimmy Butler. I would agree as well, except there's also the whole – it's like a whole debate of, like, the GOAT, right? The difference between consistency or the difference between actually making it. You can talk about who's the best, you know, uh, point guard in the history of the NBA. You could look at Stockton for the things that he's accomplished. He's the current assists and steals leader in the entire NBA. Uh, did make it 
to the only finals appearance, the only two finals appearance that the Jazz have ever been to in franchise history. Uh, was drafted by the Jazz, built up, short guy, and was incredible. Right. Also, I think it was a big reason why Carl Malone won those MVPs and why Carl Malone uh, is currently number three on all-time scorers uh, list. But he didn't win a championship. But then you look at someone like Magic Johnson, who maybe not has had as long of a career or doesn't have those like records or accolades that John Stockton had, but he won. Right. So yeah. where do you where do you look at the difference between a playoff performance like Jimmy Butler had throughout the entire playoffs, uh, not to mention that their second highest scorer in Jimmy or sorry, uh, Tyler Hero, uh, was injured in that last series, and was still taking them to Game Seven, opposed to Stephen Curry, who's been dominating nearly every team they play, yeah. um, and now getting into a position where. He's not going to let Andre Godala take his uh, finals MVP again. Right? Um, <laughs> I nodded like he had a chance. But there's there's some re- legit questions. Like, what matters most? Actually winning or the performances that you had up to the point that you got eliminated? Yeah, subjective, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, what matters that's, most? Well, that, was, that, that was what I was going to mention, though. Like, his... I'm not wrong in saying that Jason Kidd's the second in assist, right? As far as I don't think goes. so. Yes, yeah. you're right. So, so Jason Kidd's second, and he won a ring. Does is he better than John Stockton? Uh, no one would say that. I don't no, think anyone. Right? Yeah. But, so, but but it was like Dirk was the best player, right? And you can say that. That's about, what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm talking. saying. I'm talking point guards. I'm talking point guards. So, so does the amount of Assists that J- that John Stockton have on Jason Kidd get negated because Jason Kidd won a ring. No, <laughs> is 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 Steph Curry a better player overall, career wise than Jimmy Butler? Yes. Has Steph Curry been better than Jimmy Butler in this playoffs? Personally, no. That's that's how I take it. Yeah, I think I agree. Um, it's tough, but. I, I, I think for me, that's just the way. Yeah, I, I think you have to take in context. Like, you can't say in a vacuum, like, oh, oh, Steph Curry or like X player is better than Y player because X player made it further in the playoffs. Yeah, I think, like, in these four final games, like, yes, Steph Curry has been good, and you could say he's the best if they win and he gets finals MVP. I think it's hard to argue anyone's been better in the playoffs if you win finals MVP. But as of right now, there's not enough for me to say that Steph Curry has been better than Jimmy Butler in this playoffs. Yeah, in this like, playoffs. Purely yeah. this playoffs. Yes, yes. This is not a, this yeah, is not yeah, a legacy yeah. thing. Like, we're yeah, not yeah, doubting yeah. Steph Curry's legacy. Yeah, exactly. I want to make that very clear. <laughs> yeah, I've never once sure. nor will I ever say that Jimmy no. Butler is better no. than Steph Curry. No way. Well, you're saying it right now. I'm just I see your point. <laughs> oh, I totally see your point. Like, I, I get it. Like, but then you're also like, because it's harder. You're, you're grouping more players in by based off winning. Like, mm-hmm. you're you're taking the Cel- players on the Celtics and players on the Warriors and saying that they're all better than what Jimmy Butler did. Like, yeah. I'm not saying that exactly, but you can like, if you're going off of winning, you can start to make that. Yeah. 
<clears throat> I think you can make arguments for both. Um, yeah. Oh yeah. And Curry has been like saving uh, the Warriors in a lot of these in this finals for sure. Oh yeah. Yep. Um. But yeah, man, it's <clears throat> that's a tough one. I I feel like I would have to cite on Curry because he made it. He pushed through. He won. You know what I mean? Like, but I feel like the competition on the Heat side. You could say a little bit of the same. You know, they went against the Hawks. Warriors went against the, the Nuggets. Then they went against the Grizzlies with John Moran injured. While yeah. uh, while the, they went against the Philadelphia 76ers, who are Philadelphia. <laughs> uh, you look at the finals, or in the, their individual conference, conference finals, finals, and the Mavericks just looked like a totally different team. Um, but then you look at Celtics Heat. Wow. That was like, a, that was classic. You know what I mean? Uh, down to the wire on that last, on uh, that last second of the game. So what path has been harder? You know, which, cause I mean, was it harder against the Mavericks or did they just play stifling defense and figure out exactly how to like counteract the team while the Heat and the Celtics were, you know, Really evenly matched. You know, playoffs, playoffs and matchups are so yeah. It's hard. It's that's, crazy. That's that's funny because usually you're talking about like the last decade or so. Maybe not quite last decade. Maybe last half decade. You would say, as a West Coast fan, you would say, oh, or West Conference fan, you would say, oh, my team. It's so much harder for them to get to the finals because they're in the West, and so and so who got in the East got there because it was really easy. And this year, Thank I feel complete. I feel the complete opposite. I feel like the Warriors, they, I mean, I, I'm not going to say they wouldn't have been here anyways, but I feel like they had the easiest path to the finals of any team this, like, like they didn't have to play the West in a the long sun, time. In the, yeah, in the West in a yeah. long time. Like, they played the Grizzlies, which, let's be real, I love the Grizzlies. They're still young, and they didn't really have John Morant because he was hurt. Yeah. And then they, they didn't have to play the Suns, who was the, who, were objectively the best team this season, like yeah, regular yeah. season at least, you know. And I, and I think going up against um, Joel Embiid and then the Celtics, who have been the best team in the last like four months, is significantly harder than what the Warriors did. I feel like Joel you know Embiid I mean? was kind of going against his own team too, though. <laughs> you know, James Harden. Yeah, but still, it's still Joel Embiid. He had two adversaries. <laughs> and that's why I say Jimmy Butler. Just because, like, yeah. if you give the context of who they played, and they were, you know, they were inches away from a finals appearance that I feel like he's worthy. But also, like, I'm not – if you if you say Steph, I'm not going to – you know, he makes uh, sense too. I think it's close. I can see how Jimmy Butler would get the edge for sure. I just feel uh, like Jimmy Butler was more of a singular performance, ba- like when you compare it to Steph Curry. Yeah. Like no, no doubt, Steph Curry's been like the man for the for the Warriors, but I feel like the team performance from the Warriors was a lot better than the team performance from the Heat. I can uh, see that. So uh, now we get into the finals. We're about to go into Game Five. In San Francisco, so Warriors, who's winning game five? Because statistically, we know 
<laughs> person or the team that wins game five usually goes out to win the entire series. So yeah, what's gonna happen? I'm gonna be completely honest. I have stopped caring about where, like, if it's at home or away for these teams. Because yeah. <laughs> I think Brian had mentioned last week that what the Celtics were the best team away away from home and And the the Warriors were the best team at home and it's like (laughs) these teams it it, like sure it it can be a little bit of a like helpful if you know being at home and sleeping in your own bed but like at the end of the day it's the finals and I could see this going either way and I think the Warriors probably win not because they're at home but I think just like the way they've been defending is has been really good against the Celtics, I guess. And yeah. I think, I don't know. I think they'll have a lot of fire to win that game. Uh, I'm obsessed with trends. Like, I think they're, I think they're interesting. I think it's interesting and very exciting when when streaks get broken. There's just this this whole deal that the Warriors and the Celtics have not lost t- two games in a row in this playoff. Like, is fascinating to me. Um, that, like I said before, I do think the Celtics will win. Um, I just it, it, that's the way it's gone. Like it just makes sense that the Celtics will win. I will say this though: if the Celtics do not win, then the Warriors will win the next two, and they'll win three in a row to win. I think that if the Warriors win this win this one, the Celtics are tired. Like, and you can tell they've been playing really well, but they're tired. Like they've had. They've had the hardest path to the finals, no doubt. Yeah. Like, and these guys are, it's all their first time being in the finals. There's not any experience besides what they're getting right now. So if if they can go into Golden State and win this game, head full of steam, they might be able to take it to seven and win. But if the Warriors go home and they win this one, I, I'm going to be feeling a bit scared if I'm a Celtics fan. Yeah, I think Warriors win in six <clears throat> and Celtics win in seven. If, if we think no, about yeah. statistics. Yeah. So sure. it's really important for Celtics to win this game for sure. Oh, I, yeah. I, I think one thing that we did see is when the Warriors were up 3-1 uh, to one, uh, against the Grizzlies, uh, they played so bad. Like, <laughs> and I think it's been a trend where we've seen closeout games just be completely thrown away from both of these teams when they had the opportunity and the chance. And then they usually clutch it out at the end. But I feel like the Warriors even more have been in a really bad situation. I feel like ideally, if you're a Warriors fan, not too much of a concern because I feel like six and seven is still favorable. While like the Celtics only option I think is game seven. I don't think that they have what it takes to close the next two. Um, and I'm I'm just more curious if the Warriors actually win Game Five, can they close it out in the next one? I I don't I think so, you know, I because so of too. trends and because of experience. But this is also the same Warriors team who lost a three-one lead, so we don't know. Anything can happen. My money is on the Warriors. I think that. The way that things are stacked out right now, the performance that Steph Curry has had and his vengeance to receive that finals MVP award, he's just tired of losing it to his teammates and he just wants one, right? <laughs> so yeah. it's it's his time, his time to shine. Uh, I think I think Warriors in seven. 
I think I agree. Actually, no, I think, uh, yeah, Warriors in seven. It could be six, but it... It could be six. Yeah, yeah I don't know. I I pray we get a game seven finals. Yeah, me too. Would so I would love that. It's always good. Yeah. I, I do have... A little bit more faith in the Celtics than I, I let off the first the the first of the series. Like I would at the beginning, I was like Warriors in five is very believable, um, but they've definitely proved me wrong, and that's just because of how well coached they are and how well of a constructed team they are. I think like you guys, anything can happen. I think that as well. I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and just go against the grain on this one. Celtics in seven. Let's go. Uh, I like it. I like so it. we'll we'll see what happens, but I I just this they're fun teams to watch, man. And yeah. I, I I've really enjoyed this finals. It's it's taken the burden of being a Jazz fan off for the time being. So <laughs> uh, yeah. I I credit I credit it to that. But uh, yeah, that's why I I, uh, I totally agree. And I mean, if anything, like I think all of us unanimously would want the Celtics to win. But sure. I also feel like all of us don't really have like someone we're cheering against uh, watching this. It's Not just really. been super fun. I mostly have just been wanting to see it even out. So, you know, game four, mm-hmm. I was like, let's go Warriors. Let's even that series out. Make it a best of three. Make it interesting, right? Um, but how, how special <clears throat> would it be to just see a team that was just so heavily criticized um, you know, by everybody? <laughs> Everybody, you know, just just to be turn their season around, being under five hundred, and win a championship. I want to know how many times that's even happened in the history of the NBA, because I can't imagine that it would even be close to even just to get to the finals for being under a five hundred halfway through the season. Like that's huge. Yeah. So, props to Ime. I mean, Celtics futures bright, super bright. Uh, for Al Horford's sake, I hope they win a championship because it has been a long time coming for him, and I actually really like him as a player. Um, and that that's the thing, man. We'll see what happens. Uh, we'll also see what happens with the Jazz uh, with some of these like million trade rumors that we've been hearing. Um, coaching staff. <laughs> coaching wow. staff. We've co- We've literally interviewed uh dr seuss for the position because <laughs> everybody's getting an interview um <laughs> we actually jerry sloan uh we're gonna also <laughs> re-interview him even though he has dementia um and his, be- because and he's, he's passed still, away yeah, and he died <laughs> and he died <laughs> <laughs> i oh, forgot <laughs> He's been dead for two years. <laughs> Guys, it's been... Oh, man. I don't know hey, if you know, hey. it's been a rough time as a jazz fan. Um, <laughs> I've forgotten a lot of things. Take your mind off it. I just want to do a quick shout-out to all any Philly fans out here who watch this show. You're welcome that we didn't mention you in fan interaction. Yep. Uh, You're welcome. If, I mean, if, yeah. you've, if you've watched the movie Hustle uh, with Adam Sandler yeah. and Wancho... Adam Sandler says it's so great. Uh, they hate you so much, and that's why they're the best. Yeah. Um, <laughs> they're so antagonizing. And I could totally relate to that. Um, oh, yeah. But, no, it's it's fun. It's all in good fun. Um, everybody's good awesome. But uh, if you haven't seen Hustle, go ahead and check it out. It's on Netflix. We're Watch not sponsored. It. But, 
Adam, that was just such a great movie and really enjoyed it. So anyway, guys, thank you so much for listening and thanks for, uh, you know, being forgiving of me and forgetting everything. Uh, like one of the most important things that has ever happened in jazz history. Um, (laughs) and we will see you next week.